Hey guys, I'm Adam Fennick. And I'm Cody Sisko. And you're tuned in to the Talk and Shed podcast, episode number two. Two, that's right. What are we talking about today, Cody? Uh, sounds like we're going to be digging into some uh, strip till. Well, it is uh, one of the hottest topics in our industry today, um, at least for us, in the last 12 months. Uh, and it's not just the tillage aspect of it, but fertilizer banding placement uh, strip tillage and and everything that goes along with it uh, has been very popular Um, yeah I think I think that's why a lot of guys are intrigued by it just trying to save some more passes and maybe take some of that fertilizer off the planter yeah it's a combination of everything I mean for us for years we sold you know the standard mole knife style uh, strip till unit and there's dozens of manufacturers of those and uh, they all have their own ups and downs but what changed the game in my opinion is the strip freshener market that's kind of creating a whole new avenue of strip tillage um, not saying that the mole knife or the shank style is going to go away it's just creating a whole nother version you know it's like you have no till you've got conventional but you also have minimum till and everything in between. There's now a new avenue uh, for strip tillage. Um, I think we need to back up and, and talk about what strip tillage actually is from the most basic form. Yeah, uh, kind of the origination, I guess, is how you put it. So, you know, strip tillage is just basically the fact of why are we working the whole field when we're just planting a couple inches wide every 30 inches? So uh, instead of disrupting that mycorrhiza colony and, and the bacteria and fungi where we're not planting, uh, why don't we leave them alone, reduce erosion, and just focus on creating a seed bed where we need it? Well, then we can also tie in our, our nutrient application and put that where it needs to go to and that for years has been the idea of strip till you strip a small area you place your fertilizer it's a 25 horsepower per row deal um and that's been very popular yeah Um, yeah and and you know now this strip freshener game you you're using less horsepower per unit um you know yeah you're not going as deep but at the same time, you're doing it in the spring, so it's a lot like a vertical tillage tool in a 10-inch band. So you're freshening up those strips and getting them ready to plant into, and you're not only uh, able to band dry fertilizer, but you're able to dry or band uh, liquid fertilizer as well. And with that application, you know, H2O Ohio is all on board with it. Um, you know, they're paying guys to to do it. Um, there's uh, you know, you're getting less soil erosion because guys that go out and make strips in the fall, well, you're still moving dirt, you're still gonna have erosion there, so you're still losing that topsoil realistically, you know, throughout throughout the winter. Um, I mean, you know, Beck, I know Bex is doing a study on it right now. Yeah. Uh, to see if that mole knife is necessary. Yeah, shank versus no shank. Yeah, um, yeah. And that, that's up in the air, I mean, there's no arguing that you go out in a, a soybean field uh, that's going to go to corn next year in the fall, you run a shank, and, and you make strips, 
boy, there's nothing prettier than that. It, you break the compaction that was created, you you turn the soil, and, and come spring, that stuff is just ready to plant into. It's hard to argue right what that does yeah and but and there again though that you're it's it's one of those deals to where you know and in an inline subsoiler is you know that is a i i think the strip freshener and those two they go hand in hand with each other in a sense they can yeah i mean uh you know i still have a lot of guys that are gonna run the shank machine uh to go that 10 inches deep mm -hmm get rid of the compaction in that zone um, but I think what the strip freshener game has opened up is the fact that we're on a time crunch yeah you know it, it's base it, it's October and we only have so many days before snow flies uh, to run that shank machine well if it turns off wet or you know our first priority is getting the crop out of the field where our farmers are limited on labor enough there let alone firing up a, a tool to prepare for next spring already so when you've got a 25 horse per row unit you can only go so wide yeah and uh, of course you're wanting to match planters yep. so to pull an eight row rig you need at least 200 horse mm -hmm. and uh boy it's going to take a lot of time to cover those acres so yeah. it becomes an acre game and that's where the higher speed lower horsepower fresheners and you're saving yourself in fuel on that too i mean that that's how much how much fuel those shank machines eat up and diesel i mean that's well and it, it's curious I'd, I'd love to know and we will hear soon enough uh this beck study that's going on right yeah. now yeah um over there the, the shank versus no shank and and if there is a benefit to the shank, what is it? And how does it pencil out? I'm Don't get me wrong, I, I'm for the shank. I, I like it, but we need to figure out a way to either get the best of both worlds or cover enough acres. Because uh, you, know, you, you take a 1,500 acre farmer and he's gonna cover all of his ground with an eight or 12 row machine. Um, there's only so many days in the fall uh, to do so. And and being that it's a shank machine, if you don't get it done in the fall, what are you gonna do for the spring? Yeah, you, you can't run it in the spring, you know. Typically, you're gonna be too wet. And, you know, and I think that's where, you know, the strip freshener comes into play again. I, you know, it's basically your vertical tillage tool in that 10 inch section, well, you know, there a few years ago it was really really wet there in april whenever guys were wanting to plant so what they do they ran over it with the with a strip or with a vertical tillage tool to help warm up that seed bed and help dry it out a little bit and then three hours later boom they planted right into it you know i i, I see the strip freshener as being the more versatile option as far as uh you know you have more versatility out of that unit than what you do a shank tool i mean like what adam was saying you're only going to be able to run that in the fall because one it you know you're, you're too wet in the spring to run a mole knife and if if you're waiting to run it you you're you're basically running out of days to plant and you know with with all of this with all these things occurring you know earlier you get your seed in you know sometimes the better off you are now, that's not always every scenario but yeah i 
I don't know. Yeah, the well, the the other Maverick and some other units too. You can swap out the mole knife uh, for colders, but it's still a heavier machine uh, to run in the spring. But uh, yeah, you know, there, there's a lot of options, and, and I cannot wait to see the Beck study. And every farm operation's different, you know. Yeah. Of course, the you know you're going to have guys that want to want to make tractor smoke and they want the high horsepower shank. And then you're going to have the, the lower disturbance guys. But, you know, aside from the tillage aspect of it, um, you know, the, the nutrient placement and the nutrient banding side of strip tillage too, you know, we'll, we'll touch on that quick before we dive into everything. But what I mean by that and what I'm personally seeing on banding is, of course, you've got your traditional throw dry fertilizer down through that shank in the, in the fall eight inches deep okay everyone knows about that plant right on top of it but what else is occurring is these low disturbance fertilizer openers such as the john deere 2510 h the yetter 10,000 magnum the yetter nutrient pro 4000 and many others just going in there in the fall and not even creating a strip yeah but just creating a band of fertilizer this is typically occurring in highly erodible ground yep. i've got some of it up in h2 ohio um, but we're just subsurface applying phosphorus and other uh, nutrients in the fall without really disturbing any dirt so it's strip banding not strip tillage right but then now we also have options on the strip fresheners to do liquid yep you know like cody said get fertilizer off the planter, mm -hmm. put it on the strip fresher and make passes ahead. So the tillage and the fertility side, they're huge. I mean, Cody, yeah. you have a guy that's gonna be doing some fertilizer on strip fresheners, don't you? Yeah, he's in uh, Minnesota. He's he's pumped, he, he's ready to go. Um, he uh, <clears throat> basically, he's throwing a liquid system on and basically doing a two by two deal. He's just gonna be dribbling it on the ground but he's still gonna have those two blades at that five degree angle to help work it into the ground a little bit. So that way it's not gonna evaporate or anything like that. Um, he, he's, he's very, very excited about it from uh, my understanding. Um, you know, I, I had something and I forgot all about it. I can't think of it at the moment, but uh, yeah, I mean, he's, my, my guy in Minnesota, he's pumped on it. Yeah, well, that, as far as the liquid side of things. Yeah, and that's liquid. I've got some guys, uh, Chad Henderson down in Alabama. Uh, he's got uh, liquid on on his, and uh, you know a lot of liquid. That's popular. That that's easy. You know, uh, everyone's hanging a lot of weight on their planters. It's an option to get that weight off the planter. And you say, well, why would I make another pass? Well, a planter needs to plant corn. Yep. Um, so, how many times have you had to stop because you have an orifice plugged, or, or you're rushing around and you cut some corners, or you run out of fertilizer when you're planting corn? Let a guy take a strip freshener, clear the path, create the seed bed, and put your fertilizer down. And keep in mind, this is at a time where you're not, you may or may not be planting corn. Some guys are running it ahead of the planter. Yep. You know, two or three days, it's dry enough to get that freshener across at high speed, but you won't quite plant yet. Yep. 
and just let the guy in the with the planter just let him worry about planting corn. Let him do a better job getting the seed in the ground and not worrying about how full his tanks are or the bearing that went out on that single disc opener. I think there's a lot of a lot of truth to that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and I I, I remember what I was gonna talk about. Um, you know, we got we got guys that are going out and uh, spreading dry fertilizer across uh, across the field, you know. Well, now we're putting in lower outputs because we're banding it in that 10 inch section. So, I mean, right there, the, you know, it, it eventually you're gonna pay for this thing by, you know, just by lowering your outputs. And with the price of fertilizer, I, I'm not sure what dry is right now. But, but it's I know, through the roof because, yeah. I mean, China, just announced they're cutting off phosphate exports yep. through 2022. Mm -hmm. Not to interrupt, but yep. it, it's fertilizer's crazy right yeah. now. Yeah, uh, and you know, on the liquid side of things, you know, just trying to be more efficient with that, with it being three over $300 a ton, you know, it, 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 it's, I, I, I feel like we just, so number one, planning, Planning is number one. Two is fertilizer placement. Three is harvesting. You know, those are the key three ingredients to making a good crop. You know, obviously there's some other things in there, but they're not necessarily as important as those three things. Those three trump all as far as trying to grow a crop, in, in my opinion. Yeah. The, and, you know, I'm not here to sell guys on shrimp till basically what we're wanting to do is is talk conversations about what we've learned what customers are coming to us for right and the enthusiasm that you hear from us is because we are excited about shrimp till we think it's really cool we think it's something that a lot of guys can benefit from um especially with inputs going through the roof yep. okay that's one can we cut back our fertilizer use because we're putting it in a better spot? Right. Okay, so there's one. I, I think I think we could you could do an entire episode on just that. Right. Yeah. From there you go to soil health. Can we maximize our soil health through cover crops and and only uh, only stripping where we need to plant instead of working the entire field, building up the organisms in the soil, right. building topsoil mm -hmm. through strip tillage. Right. And um, number three, I think, is the seedbed prep side that yeah. that strip tillage gives you. Mm -hmm. Those three things, you know, we're not here to try to sell anyone on strip till, but Cody and I were at a guy's shop last week. The guy owns a lot of equipment that he's bought from us that we have. Uh, you know that that he has wanted you know closing wheels cover crop seeders devastators a lot of tools to get him to the next level and he asked us he said where do i go from here i've got you know you guys have managed my residue with the devastators we're using the cover crop seeder and row cleaners and, and we're getting great emergence with closing wheels and i said i i think the next level is strip tillage yeah and yeah. Now, which avenue of strip tillage you choose is is a different story. It's up to you. Right. And, and it's all operational. You know, it's all about how you guys manage your farms. Um, 
just because we say that you know something is is the greatest thing in the world to us doesn't mean that it's going to be the greatest thing for you um and i want to make that clear um you know what obviously yeah we're salesmen but we're, we're we're here to try to educate you and and you guys are out there to educate us as well and so with with us be, putting all of our heads together and putting them in one basket you know like i said every operation is different how you want to manage how you guys want to manage your farm is up to you it's not up to us but we're going to be here to help throw you options to where we can help you get to where you want to be in your operation yeah yeah, the uh, and, and you know the strip till game has changed so much, and uh, like I said, the shank machine is not going away. In my no. opinion, you've got so many manufacturers. You know, we were just at the um, Farm Progress show. Farm Progress, yeah. And saw just strip till after strip till in every aisle, and uh, you know it's not the uh, shank machine isn't going away it has a place but I feel in the past strip till was black and white very you, limited you either yes. strip till 25 horse per shank or you didn't yep well today you can strip band you can you can strip freshen you can you can lightly strip till and there's so many phases of it so it, it's getting much more uh, it can adapt to your operation instead of you having to adapt to it. Right. And uh, I, I think, think I, well, sorry. I think that's what's so cool about it. Yeah, and, and on that aspect of things too, I, I think that's why we're starting to see a push is because you're you're seeing all these guys come out with these different units. I mean, you know, it, it, it's crazy. I mean, you know, out, out in Illinois and Iowa, you know, you guys are really, you know, you guys have been seeing it. Well, now getting into Indiana and Ohio, you know, here in the last year, like we said, you know, it's really became a big push in our area. And, uh, you know, that, I think that's why we're so pumped up about it because it's something new. And, uh, it, and I think it's a good way to eliminate some tools off of a guy's farm too. It certainly can. Yeah. Um, you know, both on the tillage and the application yep. side. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, just to dive into some projects we did trip-till wise. Um, this spring we built a 36-row 20-inch tool. Yeah, that thing was sweet. And uh, yeah, and what they did is they wanted to run it in the spring only, and uh, we put a Salford ST12, a 12-ton dual bin cart, on top of it, and they wanted to band fertilizer and. Uh, as we mentioned band there is now two different versions of banding dry there's the deep placement eight inches deep yep. in like a an inch by inch uh, path under the soil that you can mm -hmm. plant on top of but now there's a shotgun approach yep. uh, with the strip freshener and basically what you're doing is you're just mixing fertilizer 10 inches wide and anywhere from zero inches of depth down to three mm -hmm. so it's in a large area yeah so I think that creates, you know, and, that, and that's another study I'd love to see Bex do is, do we have to put that fertilizer in that hot zone? Right, yeah. Or, or can we shotgun approach it right there where the roots are gonna live? Um, yeah, and, and I think that that's something later on down the road where you see, you know, some of these soil samples and, and some of that other stuff to where 
you know, is it like what you were saying? Is it worth it putting it down, you know, underneath the root ball? Or it, can you put it within the root ball itself? And and is that more benefit, it more of a benefit to do it that way versus the knife? Yeah. And because I, I do think that sometimes fertilizer can run away from us faster than what our roots can really absorb it, yep. even dry. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the Y drops have, have taught everyone a lot, and, and I'm not saying that they're the fix all. But we do know that putting fertilizer at the place of the roots is is the most beneficial. Mm-hmm. And um, this rig that we built this spring, they did the shotgun approach, and uh, and basically uh, they had a huge success with the uptake of that fertilizer. And so they went in there this spring and bean stubble created an awesome strip. Um, man, it was mellow. Yeah. It was beautiful. Yep. We went out there on that Sunday and worked on it. Yep. 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 It was, man, it was awesome. And the corn just screamed out of the ground. Uh, it, it dried it out a little bit. Um, it, it warmed up that, uh, zone. They had the nutrients placed where they wanted them. And man, I, I think it's hard to beat a system like that. I mean, they were able to pull a 36-row, 60-foot rig with 420 horse. Yeah. I mean, that's unheard of. Yeah. And uh, and still travel eight to nine miles an hour. Yeah. But you're talking cooking some acres. Yeah, no kidding. Well, between that and then, you know, later on down the road, they did the Y-drop deal. So they had two, two ways of doing their application. But, you know, like you said, we I think we're... We're starting to figure out where, you know, with these inputs, where they're at so high, let's make them the most beneficial to the plant. And like you said with the Y-drop, well, we know that we need it at the base of the root, so why wouldn't you put it there? Yeah, I, you know, I, some things are gonna have to happen in, in, in the next 12 months. I mean, these inputs are, are getting crazy. You know, yes, corn is, you know 550 prior to basis uh on the board i should say but when inputs are where they are um you might as well go back to 280 corn and and inputs where they were right so we're gonna have to figure out better ways to manage our placement and timing of fertilizer and i do feel strip tillage strip banding everything we're talking about here does play a huge role into that yeah so that way I, so that way we can cut some of those inputs that we're putting out there to help save you guys money i think i think that's going to be something very crucial here in the upcoming years because i think you know with with them being so high and like you were talking about with china you know cutting off what they're cutting off you know we know inputs are going to be high so why not try to figure out a way how to cut them yeah and i and i don't know how you know how much to tell guys but I think there should be some experiment going on you know if they always say if you don't if you're not trying something new every year then you know you're not moving forward you need to try see what works see what doesn't and uh, maybe you can cut back your your uh, nitrogen 30% and, and still uh, gain 
uh, or uh, raise a good, great crop, and you would offset that by better placement. And I think that's definitely doable. Um, you know, I talked about the spring strip till bar that we built. I'm gonna flip and go to the opposite side. Uh, just a couple years back, um, we built a 12-row Yetter Maverick mole knife yep. deep tillage. Uh, guy wanted to go out. We put a Salford ST8 box behind it, yep. and he wanted a band fertilizer in the fall, eight inches deep. Mm -hmm. And again, went out there and bean stubble. We adjusted that unit until it was making some pretty nice strips, and the tractor was screaming, but. He was getting out his compaction, putting his fertilizer deep, yep. um, and he would come back through and, and plant right on top of that. Now, the benefit of the fall worked ground is you know going into winter that your ground's worked. Yep. You know you just need to get there in the spring and Drop plant. The planter and go. Yeah. That is a benefit of the fall applied. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that guy today is still happy as a lark with that tool right he's still covering acres um now would he probably love to be wider probably but you know he maxed out his tractor with those 12 units and that's fine but um so far knock on wood he hasn't been caught in a fall where he couldn't run it so that's good but what i'm saying is there's two different scenarios uh two totally different setups and both guys are tickled pink yeah yeah, and, and that's the thing. Like like we were talking, it, it all depends on your operation. When is it going to work for you? And that's that's the name of the game right there. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, um, you know, flipping again, I'm going to go to another project that we did. It was a, a strip bander. Yeah. Last year for H2 Ohio, we took a, a J&M liquid applicator frame and instead of having a liquid uh, tank on that frame, we put a dry tank on that frame. Mm -hmm. And uh, basically what we did is we put a Yetter low disturbance fertilizer colder on that uh, unit. And we were just strip, the customer is just strip banding in, uh, in his ground here in the fall. So there's no strip tillage being done. He is just banding dry fertilizer about three inches deep. Mm -hmm. And when he goes through there with this tool, it's a 40 foot tool, you literally cannot even tell that he was in there. Yeah. And so, so we've, we've got a guy strip tilling with 25 horse units. We got a guy with a strip fresher and we got a guy banding with Nutrient Pro 4000s, low disturbance, and they're all three typically. Yeah, and it and that's what I was saying about uh, strip tillage adapting to you instead of the you, other way around. Yeah, you adapting to strip tillage. Yeah, I, I think that that plays a, a huge part in uh, how successful uh, strip tillage can be down the road. Because yeah. if it can adapt to what you're doing, um, I I think that. The, the adaptation rate of farmers to switch from either no-till or minimum tiller running case 875s to try uh, strip till I think that's a big deal yeah yeah absolutely and you know basically our main goal here is is we're, we're trying to increase our soil health and get that 10 inches of soil 
or you know whatever we're doing or basically where we're going to be planting that seed you know we want to maximize we we're, we're trying to maximize that as far as you know how 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 much we can increase and help that seed along to get us a good crop for next year now obviously we can only do so much you know mother nature plays its hand in that as well um, you know with rain and all that stuff you know wind and hail and all that and which you know those are like curse words in this but I understand that but at the same time you know we have to do our job as far as getting that soil prepared and making it an optimum making it as optimum as possible for that seed in order to grow yeah yeah I think uh, you know there's there's a lot that goes into strip tillage um, and, and honestly I think the term strip tillage needs to be tweaked a little bit mm -hmm. because it's not all tillage it, it used to be yeah um, today it's more like I don't know you know there are tools out there called zone builders they're inline rippers but that's what we're doing we're building up a zone whether it's through building the fertility of that zone or or building up the germination potential in that zone but we're just we're zoning everything out instead of field by field boy it's row by row now right and and how can we get those seeds to jump out of the ground have their groceries literally laying right under them or right around them so that as soon as they're branching out they've got their food right there it, right. it's not 15 inches away yep and yeah you know that well that's, that's that's the argument that we have with you know on, on on liquid applicators you know why why do we put you know a colder in between the corn rows well so that way we're not hitting corn you know we're knocking over corn if we if we don't put them in the middle you know that but that's a different topic well i was going to save that one for another podcast <laughs> since since you asked i guess um no but that that is a great question and it, it brings up our triple threat product it brings up the y drop but you know we we in, a, in the united states we fertilize our corn with liquid uh the furthest possible way from the roots that you can get and if you think about that for a while it, it really makes you wonder why well it, it's just simply because it's the easy way to do it and you don't cut roots there when you do it you're riding in between the rows well but it's the furthest possible distance you can get away you know there's not much for roots out there so how can we get that fertilizer closer to the root zone and, and feed it in a more efficient manner don't make that corn travel as far to get to it yeah um so i like I said, that's a whole other topic, but I think there's a lot to learn from that as well. Um, in that aspect. There yeah. is. There is. The, the placement of all this stuff is is starting to get, I mean, you know, these corn planters, the accuracy, the singulation, the good ride, it, it's row by row, second by second, and our fertilizer is going to start following suit, especially when, when it costs what it does. Right. Um, so... The strip tillage game plays into that. Mm -hmm. um, I want to run through a, a few different strip till rigs that we've run or ran into or seen. Uh, I'll start with the other Maverick, and you can talk about the fresheners. Yep. But the Maverick, you know, it's a it's a full 
full-blown strip till high horsepower tillage unit you know you can go I don't know eight ten inches deep um, it's got row cleaners it's got a rock trip mechanism on it so if you hit a rock it'll trip back you won't be breaking off uh, shanks uh, it's it's followed by a rolling basket and of course it's fully adjustable infinite adjustments but you can also because it has a shank you can also swap that out with colders to run it in the spring if you wanted so it is a pretty diverse tool that you could use in the spring and fall um, good unit still popular um, that's the full-blown tillage strip till unit from Yetter mm -hmm. and now you can lead us into the fresh one. Yeah, so basically Yetter came out with the original strip freshener, which, you know, was all stationary. It was all adjust, adjusted manually. Um, you had row cleaners on there. Uh, there's a ripple blade in the center. And then obviously you have your two blades that are pitched in the back that are at, I believe it's a five degree angle. I'm not sure. Uh, on that but they are pitched back there and then you have your rolling basket well on the original version you the your rolling basket was your depth gauge and so it made that unit specifically for the spring you weren't necessarily you were able to run it in the fall but it was more optimum to run it in the spring freshening fall made strips correct yes so then uh, Yetter came out with the uh, the cab control version. So the cab control, we have air down pressure. It's basically the same unit, but we have air down pressure, air adjust row cleaners, um, and an air adjust rolling basket. And all the blades on there are the same. You know, we got the ripple blade, and then we have the uh, two shark teeth blades that are set at that five degree pitch back there as well. Um, you know, that unit, that unit is is the cat's meow in my opinion. As far as a strip freshener unit, that is the cat's meow. I mean, you can go in, you can lift up those rolling baskets in the fall, make your fall, make your fall strips, have a little bit of a berm there if you need it. And with that unit, my opinion, we need to remove the freshener word almost. Because, yeah, yeah. You know, it does way more than freshening pre-made strips. Right. It's a strip till. Yeah. And, and I have, I don't know about you, but I haven't sold one to freshen. All of them that I'm selling are literally making the strip. Yeah. They're not freshening a pre-made. Yeah, no, they're, yeah, they're they're making they the They are yeah. the, the initial and the only pass. Correct, correct. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And you know, with that, they're basically built like a planter unit. They got their own depth gauge wheels. You, uh, you can go from like one to four inches with them. Um, and that's all adjusted by a quick, easy turn knob. Uh, I mean, I mean that that unit is that unit is like you said. It is not a strip freshener unit. It is a strip till unit. Yeah, yeah. you can incorporate liquid, dry. Yeah, and uh, you can make that thing dance. Yeah, whatever yeah. it is you want it to do. If you want it to hardly do anything, or you want to, I mean, of course it doesn't have a shank, so it's not going eight right. inches deep. But right. uh, and I've and I've had guys ask me, you know. Well, can you take that ripple blade off and put a more aggressive blade on there? I'm sure you can. I mean, I believe that's just a 17-inch regular standard colder blade is all that is. You know, like on a 28 applicator, I'm sure you would be able to throw like a 25 weave on there or something along those lines and be perfectly fine. Um, 
we haven't tried that yet, I don't believe. But uh, I, I definitely think that it's possible. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, a lot of versatility in that row unit. And uh, yeah, those are most of the units I've been familiar with. I've seen some like Ag Guru units that look pretty nice. Uh, you know, the list goes on on manufacturers, and I'm sure, like I said, they all have their own advantages. I've seen the Vulcans run a little bit. Uh, you know, they all have their own deal. It, it depends on what you're looking to do. I mean, today, now Underfirth makes a full-blown turnkey unit. Dry fertilizer cart with toolbar with units. Uh, whereas, what we're doing here at Fenny Equipment is all modular. Yep. You know, we can take any toolbar, put any row unit on it and put any size air cart on it that you want yeah. and, and customize it whether you yeah. want a pull type or a three point or whatever it is that you want maybe you have your own toolbar maybe you want to buy a, an old used planter frame yeah and that's what my uh, my guy out in Minnesota did he well he originally bought a pull type bar thinking that that's what he was going to do and put like a vertigo on top of it uh, but that didn't end up working out for him. I, evidently, his bar was a little beat up, and so he went to a three-point bar. Uh, got it all painted up. He said he's got an American flag on it. He, I'm supposed to be getting pictures. As soon as I get pictures, I'm definitely gonna we're gonna upload those things. And uh, he said all of his neighbors are talking about it. Like I said, he, he's pretty t tickled pink about it. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, you know, there's a lot of different versions of of all of them. But uh, yeah, we can build and customize whatever you would like, however many rows you want, and uh, and all that. But um, yeah, I don't know. I love talking strip till. I think that we could talk for for days. Yeah, on, we could on it's... strip till success. And what what I can't wait for is about a year from now, or maybe not even that long. In the last year, we've probably sold 200 rows of strip till or freshener units. And a lot of them are going to be running here in the next five months again. Yeah. And so I'm pumped. Guys are harvesting corn that they planted behind strip till for the first time. So we're going to be getting in uh, news from them. Uh, we're going to learn more about this Beck study, shank versus no shank, and what the benefit there is. Yeah, the shotgun style. I yep. mean, I, I'm pretty interested to see what the, what the shotgun boys have to say about all that. I mean, yeah. I think... I think that just the way that we built that bar, I think that thing was just awesome. I mean, that yeah. thing was sweet. Yeah. Yep. A lot to talk about in the strip till world, and of course, we're loaded up with inventory on toolbars and applicant and uh, dry boxes mm -hmm. and whatever kind of row unit you would want. So, yeah. well, what do you think? That uh, I don't know. I'm fired up. <laughs> I am too. I. I the problem is it's 4:30 now. It's almost time to go home. Yeah, so, we got uh, we got wives to answer to next, yeah, right? Yeah, we're gonna go home and talk about nothing but strip till. <laughs> so, but, yep. Well, that's it for episode number two on strip till. One of these days, we're gonna have to convince someone to join in on us, so you guys don't have to listen to us talk. Yeah, I was gonna say we probably get pretty boring. I'm sure you guys just don't want to listen to us talk all the time. Well, so. one of these days, we'll we'll convince someone to do it. But uh, until then, you're stuck with us. So yeah, thanks, thanks for, for tuning in. in.